Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. The title of my message is Faithfulness, Staying the Course. You know, after being a Christian for most of my life, I've just realized just the importance of being faithful. And, you know, it's easy just to be radical for a season and to go hard for God and, you know, to have like a month or two or even a year where you really press into the Lord and seek his face and you pray. But what's hard is when you keep going, you keep running after Jesus, even when, you know, you feel like God might have let you down or when people disappoint you, you know, that's when it gets, that's when it gets challenging just to keep going. And so my heart in sharing this tonight with you guys is that I would inspire you guys and myself as I, I always feel like when I preach, it gets inside of me deeper too. Um, but that we would, I would inspire us just to keep on being faithful with what God's given us, being faithful with the little things he's asked us to be faithful with and to keep running that, the race that he's called us to run. And I'm gonna be sharing, um, first of all, just on God's faithfulness on how we can be faithful in the long haul and then what we are called to be faithful in. So I'm gonna start with just sharing a story. I, uh, I'm a nurse and I also volunteer at OSF in the pastoral care department. And I remember this was uh, probably a couple years ago. Um, I went to volunteer and I saw these two different men. And after I got done volunteering, I really felt like God highlighted these two separate guys to me and began to speak to me about their responses and their decisions after hardship and how they they were just such so different and so i wanted to kind of share that with you guys because i feel like god really spoke to my heart and encouraged me um and i'll kind of get into that but the first guy i saw uh he was in the hospital and i you know i always start with hey can i pray for you and kind of see how people are in their relationship with god if they're open to prayer or not open to prayer and he just began to open up and say that he used to be a christian he used to go to church and how some unfortunate things have happened to his son in the church and how he is just totally walked away from god is really upset with what happened which rightly so i would be upset too um, but he ha- he chose to not want to come back to the Lord, and um, and he just let that bitterness and offense and unforgiveness just you know harden his heart, you know. And I tried to see if he wanted to be reconciled to Jesus, and you know that was he wasn't interested in that. Um, and so like my heart was just grieved for this this guy because he was a, a Christian. That's what he said. He was a follower of Christ, but some unfortunate things happened, and he just said, you know, God wasn't with me in this situation and I can't trust him anymore. He wasn't faithful. And then I went to see this other guy and he was in the hospital and he shared about how him and his wife had had a really hard, uh, hard time with medical illnesses and problems and how he faced death. And, um, and he was, you know, really sick. He's in the hospital, really sick. 
and he was just sharing about the hardships he has endured through all the medical problems that him and his wife have faced. And then he said, but God has been with me through it all. He's like, if, if God wasn't real and if he wasn't with me, I wouldn't have been able to get through these circumstances, these medical problems. I would have died. But he's like, but God has been faithful to me through it all. And I just was like, that's so awesome because here this guy was, he obviously had unfortunate cards placed before him where you know, he was struggling a lot, medically speaking, him and his wife. And he could have said, you know what, where was, where's God at? Like, I'm not really getting better. Yes, I didn't die, but where is he? He could have been offended and uh, he could have responded in that way and just been like, why is all this stuff happening to me? I can't believe God's allowing this to happen to me. And um, I, you know, and all, you know, he could just let offense, you know, kind of run his life, but he instead had a, a heart of gratitude and said, you know what, God has been faithful to me through it all. He has been with me, he is good, I will declare it even in my hardships, I will declare that he is good, he is faithful, his love endures forever. So he was just like so just grateful and like his gratitude just like erupted over on me. I'm just like, that's just so awesome because there's so many people I can, I meet at the hospital and it seems like they have one of those two responses, a lot of them do, a lot of them are going through hard times but they still have a fire and a love for Jesus and a lot of them just, are hurt and offended and bitter. And that's just what, that's just, you know, human nature. And so let's seek the Lord and seek to be like that man that when we go through hard times and difficult seasons that we choose to believe God is faithful to us and that he is with us and he's by our, uh, by our side, you know, through it all. So, you know, God longs for his people to be faithful. And the more I read the Bible, the more I see how highly he esteems those who are faithful and those who run the race, stay the course, and stay faithful even in difficulties, you know, who not just keep walking with the Lord for just a year or two, but who walk with the Lord for decade after decade. Mother Teresa says this quote I thought was really good. God has not called me to be successful. He has called me to be faithful. Uh, you know, when I think of people in the Bible who have been faithful, I think of Caleb. He was 40 years old when Moses sent him and Joshua into the promised land, the land of Canaan, to evaluate the land and to see if we could really, you know, they could really overcome that, the, the giants in the land. And, and Caleb, he came back with a, a good report, Caleb and Joshua. And they said, yes, we can overcome this land. Yes, there's giants, but we can overcome them. God is with us. The land is amazing. Uh, and everyone around him, them, didn't believe that, him except for Joshua, and they just grumbled and complained and had had unbelief. Fast forward, forty years, Caleb's walking through the wilderness, hearing the grumblings of all the people around him. He had a choice in his heart in that moment to believe God's promises. Still, God promised that He would give him the land of Canaan and that He would see the that fruit and. He could have just said, you know what, this is 40 years, we're walking through this horrible desert, you know, this wilderness season, like, this is really depressing. He could have just lost faith, but he kept believing the promises of God. And um, it says that when he was 85 years old, that is when he entered into the promised land, he believed and therefore he received. It's uh, Joshua 14, 11. I'm just gonna flip there because this is just so... So good. 
Okay, 14.11. Okay, so this is what, um, I'm gonna start at verse 10. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years. So it was 45 years that he was waiting for this word to come to pass. Ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while, in, while Israel was wandering in the wilderness, and now here I am this day, 85 years old, and yet as yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me, just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. I love verse 11, you know, he said that he has a strong now at the age of 40, uh, at the age of 85, as he was when Moses sent him out at the age of 40. I believe he's as strong physically as well as a strong spiritually speaking. You know, he believed the word of God and he's like, I am as strong then as I am now. And uh, he tarried and he believed that promise for 45 years to come to pass. And so I love that he was faithful to God for decade after decade. Also, Luke chapter two, I think of Anna, who I think of someone being really faithful to the Lord for decade after decade. You know, it says that she became a widow um, and she was a widow, she was married for seven years and she was a widow, it says, some translation says at the age of 24 and so, or 84 and some translation says that she was a widow for 84 years. Regardless, if she's a widow, um, for 84 years, or if she is 84 years, like that is a long period of time to be a widow for. And the, it's, the Bible says that she served the Lord with prayer and fastings in the temple, did not leave the temple day or night. So 84 years, she did not leave the temple. She was there being with Jesus, sitting at his feet, listening to his word, praying and fasting. And you know, the temple is really the center of activity in Jerusalem. And so the temple is where you would bring your babies to be dedicated, where you bring your children to be taught and to be baptized and where you see people come um, get married, where you see people come to the temple to pray through big decisions and where you see them come in when they've lost maybe a spouse or lost someone in their lives where they're grieving and they have a, a hard, you know, they just need to be with the Lord for, some, for whatever reason. And you know, Anna, she was called a prophetess you know, she was, she was highly esteemed by um, others, you know, that she was well known as a prophetess, you know, for, for the 84 years. And so like you just, I just picture Anna being there at the, at the door of the temple and greeting the families that she's gotten to know over the years and being there praying for the babies who are being dedicated even when she doesn't have any children herself or, or seeing people get married even though she knows like, wow, I, I, I lost my spouse, you know? And so she was just on fire for the Lord for 84 years. She did this day after day, month after month, like this was her life. And, and finally, you can look up uh, Luke chapter two, finally she sees Mary and Joseph come in with their baby to be dedicated. And, um, and I'm just gonna turn there so I can uh, quote it to you guys. Okay, I'll start at verse 36. Now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Fenuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And, and coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So she was able to 
um, you know, see the Lord, see Jesus, and she was therefore also an evangelist. She gave thanks and spoke of him, of Jesus, to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. And so I just love her heart of faithfulness to the Lord year after year, decade after decade, and um, she just loved being with Jesus in that temple. So I'm gonna talk just real briefly on God's faithfulness also, just as we're kind of coming, you know, talking about this theme. Uh, so Revelation 19.11 is one of my favorite verses. It says, Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. I love that when Jesus comes back, this is referring to the second coming of Christ, heaven will open, behold, a white horse. Can you just picture this, guys? Jesus is really coming back, like, for real. Sometimes I just, I get so stuck in this life, like, which is fine, with homeschooling, being a mom, doing this and this, and just being so busy that I just need to stop and think about, like, eternity, and that Jesus is gonna return, and he loves us so much. You know, Jesus, um, he came to the earth, and he died on the cross for our sins, and it's, it's only by his grace that we are saved, that we can have that relationship. We just need to ask him for forgiveness, and he's so merciful and so forgiving, and he will forgive us, and he's not a baby in the manger anymore. He's not a dead man on the cross anymore. He is in heaven and he's coming again and he's not gonna come again as a baby. He's gonna come on a white horse and he's gonna be, I mean, a man of war. Like he is gonna overturn wickedness and expose the antichrist. And it's, I mean, read Revelation and it's just like, holy cow, this is really intense. But Jesus is coming again and in verse 11, his name is called Faithful and True. And I love that he said that he could have chosen any name in the world to like to call himself or to really um, ex express who he is. He chose Faithful and True because I believe that a lot of people, especially in the end times, when we do see more judgments coming and when we see a lot of things happening, I feel like people are going to say in their hearts, like, I thought God was faithful. I thought he would have come come by now. I thought he would have slayed wickedness and would have protected um, the righteous. And he, I mean, he does, but there's just a lot of things that people are gonna be like, well, I just, I thought he was gonna be faithful, but, and there's gonna, they're gonna question it. And he's gonna come back and he says, no, I've been faithful through it all. You know, this is my word, this is who I am. I am true and I love you. And I'm going to, as if you read on, the armies of heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. And so, we have to realize he's coming back and there's gonna be a bride. Um, a, a, a bride is meaning like just a body of believers, of Christians who love him, who are gonna be with him and, and gonna be um, ruling and reigning with him. And it's just exciting to think about just the second coming of Christ and, uh, and just how his eyes are like a flame of fire. Like that's just intense to even think about that. So anyways, um, you know, Jesus is faithful. Second Timothy 2, 11 to 13, it says that if we are faithless, he will remain faithful. He, for God cannot deny himself. And so like, you know, just know that that is part of who he is. Even when we're faithless, no matter what, God is faithful. Lena Ravenhill says this, I have no faith in my faith. My faith is in the faithful God good stuff. All right, so number two, how can we be faithful in the long haul? 
I've got a few points under this section. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of different answers for this, like how we can be faithful in the long haul, but I'm just gonna touch on a few of these. The first one is learn to walk with God. Now, a few weeks ago, Derek spoke on walking with God. Who was here and heard that message? Okay, so uh, this was a couple weeks ago also. I had a dream, and in the dream, I was on a run, and, and I was running really fast, really hard, and I remember thinking, okay, this has got to be at least a mile. I am tired. Like, this is, I'm, I'm just worn out. And, like, Lisa Bevere was on my headphones, like, as, like, a personal trainer of mine. And I don't, if you guys don't know who Lisa Bevere is, she's a, a Christian, lover of God, speaker, author. Uh, and so I, you know, I think probably in my dream, she's probably more of like a spiritual mother to me, but she was on my headphones and she said, okay, now it is time to walk. And we'll be like, yes, it's time to walk. And I was like, so happy that I could walk now. And I woke up and I was like, well, that's weird. You know, I'm like, we're called to, we're called not to walk. We're called to run the race. Hebrews 12, you're called to run the race with endurance, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Um, and so, yes, we're called to run this race. And so I'm like, why, why would I walk? And Derek, you know, Derek and I talk and I'm like, why walk when you can run? Like I always, I say that like a little phrase sometimes because I'm just like, why would you walk when you can run? And it's just like a little inside thing. I just like to, I just like to get things done fast. Like I have got five kids and so if I'm gonna exercise, I don't necessarily want to walk. I just want to run and get over with really quick. Like I don't, I'm not like a huge like long distance runner, but I just like to sprint and be done. <laughs> so, um, but God was trying to speak to me through this dream and I was just, I didn't tell Derek about it, uh, but like a day or two goes by and he's like, so Mandy, this is what I'm gonna be sharing on, on Friday. I'm gonna be sharing about walking with God. And then he says this quote, he says, in order to run the ra race, you must first learn to walk with God. And I was like, wow, that actually just answered my dream. You know, like in order to run the race, you have to first learn to walk with God. And uh, I was just, and I shared my dream with them, and I just believe that was confirmation for what he was sharing and just confirmation with what God was doing in my own heart. And it's really just a paradox where it's true, both and. You know, let's run the race, definitely, but we can also walk with God. And I'll explain what I feel like walking with the, with the Lord um, is symbolizes. I think it just it symbolizes um, just intimacy with Jesus, walking, uh, just cultivating that true relationship with Him. It depicts faithfulness, steadiness, loyalty. Uh, so Genesis five twenty four. Derek shared this in depth a couple weeks ago. If you want to listen on the archives, uh, it says that Enoch walked faithfully with God. So that those words "walked" and "faithfully" are put together as we're talking about that term faithfulness tonight. And he walks faithful with God and what happened to him? He, God took him, meaning he didn't see death. God just took him up to heaven. You know, he was just so pleasing to the Lord that he just was not. Uh, so, so, you know, Enoch walked faithfully with God. Noah, it says in Genesis 6, 9, Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. So there's this correlation between walking with God and having, being a just man, perfect in generations. Um, you know, Noah, obviously, he was faithful to the Lord, faithful to build the ark, even when people were probably mocking him, saying it's never rained before, what are you doing? But he was faithful and he walked with God. You know, even Adam and Eve walked with God in the, in the garden. And then I love Luke 24, 32. Uh, 
if you want to turn there, you can, but this, there's Luke 24 talks about the two disciples who were walking on the road to, to Emmaus. And this was after Jesus died. And I'm just going to turn there. This was after, yeah, Jesus died. And um, they were just walking along. And all of a sudden, there's Jesus right next to them walking along the road with them. They didn't know it at the time. But they were talking. And Jesus began to preach himself to these guys. It says in... In verse 27, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So he began to preach himself, starting at Moses through all the prophets to these guys as they're walking on the road. And, uh, and then he was going to go farther, but then they said, hey, stay with us. And though he stayed with them, and then he went ahead and he, they were sitting at the table and he broke bread. And all of a sudden, those two guys, their eyes were opened and they saw that's Jesus. And as soon as they realized that was Jesus, he just vanishes. Poof. Like, I just think that's so funny. Like, as soon as they like have understanding, he's like, oh, you know, I'm real. I'm going to vanish in heaven. <laughs> like, that's just incredible. So their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. Verse 31. And so here these guys are, they're walking on the road, verse 32, and they said to one another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? You know, God wants our hearts to burn. He wants to walk with us like he did with these two guys through our daily life, through our ups and downs. He wants to commune with us and he wants to share the word of God with us. Like he preached these guys. He wants us to have a burning heart and a a deeper understanding of who he is. And he just wants to be with us and walk alongside of us. And so I just look at that, the whole term of walking with Jesus as just being, just intimacy and just um, being, having a close relationship with him. Okay, next point here on how we can be faithful in the long haul. I have here, pursue love and holiness. So Matthew 24, verses 12 to 13, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. So lawlessness is going to abound. Lawlessness is basically just regarding, disregarding the law, motivated by selfishness, you know, it results in immorality and evil practices. And when this stuff happens, love will grow cold. And so Jesus makes a stark a start contrast between lawlessness, love growing cold, and then enduring to the end and being saved. And this is why it's so important for us to seek holiness and pursue that our love would remain hot and not cold. You know, we must, um, like 1 Corinthians 14 says, pursue love. That's why we have to pursue love and, and ask the Lord, like, God, I want my heart, my love for you to not grow cold or my love for other people to not grow cold, but I want to have a fiery, hot love for you to the end of times. And, uh, and, you know, go after things that, like, stir up your heart in loving people and loving others, um, you know, whether it's serving people or uh, just cultivating a relationship with Jesus and, and prayer and Bible reading. And, uh, you know, even for, uh, for people, I know if I am frustrated at someone, 
if I just spend some time praying for that person, it's amazing how my cold love, my cold heart will begin to turn towards compassion for that person. And I will actually start caring about that person and reaching out to them. How are you doing? You know, when you pray for someone, your heart really does change. And so if you have like, you know, people in your life that you just don't get along with, just commit yourself to praying for them. And it's amazing how your heart of love for them will, will just change. And uh, that's what God wants. He doesn't want our heart and our love to grow cold. He wants us to endure to the end, to be faithful to the end, and we will be saved. Not just to give up halfway down the road, but we're, we're called to endure to the very end. Um, okay, so also, in order to be faithful, we must be faith-filled. In order to be faithful, you must be faith-filled. Just think about that for a sec. So, you know, like when I think of faith, I think of praying for the sick, seeing them get healed radically. I think of, um, you know, fasting or seeing the dead get raised or preaching, you know, powerfully to people. And I think that's all faith. I think that's amazing. But really, it, it, that is, that's faith also. But really, God's just been speaking to my heart more about really having faith is really being faithful. Faithful in like the little things that God has called you to do and, uh, and just being steadfast you know, in your devotion to Jesus, in your Bible time, you have to have faith really in the power of prayer and in just Bible reading to even, um, to even like do it and to even commit yourself to it. And so let's, let's be, let's have faith, um, let's be faithful and, uh, and ask God to give us faith to be faithful. If that makes sense. All right, so next, uh, next point here. That's my last, uh, Last big point, one second. Is what are we called to be faithful in? Now, during my, I, I researched or tried to look up different verses uh, that highlights like what we're called to be faithful in. So I'll just kind of share with you guys what the word says to be faithful in. It says to be faithful until death, be faithful to your spouse, be faithful with uh, in little or with few things, be faithful with money and be faithful in prayer. Revelations 2, 10 says, be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. And this is Jesus talking. Like that is just so amazing. The crown, I don't even know what that, the crown of life, like that just sounds amazing. <laughs> I want that. But be faithful until death. That means be faithful until the day you die keep going you know we're going to be tempted along the way to harden our hearts and to have unforgiveness creep in and bitterness creep in but we have to keep keep going when we're faithful until death that's when we'll get the crown of life romans 12 12 says be joyful in hope patient in affliction faithful in can anyone guess what that one says faithful in yes Faithful in prayer. So we are praying community here. And so I think God put be faithful in prayer in the word because he knew that we needed that encouragement. And, um, you know, it says that, uh, that men ought to always pray and not lose heart. And he says be faithful in prayer. God knows our propensity to lose heart and to give up and to want to give up, to want to quit, to not be faithful in prayer. Um, it's because really when you pray, it's like you have to really believe that God's actually listening to you. And, and we, we, 
we can't really see what's happening in the spiritual world. I mean, sometimes maybe we can or feel it, but for the most part, we really can't fully understand or see what really takes place when we pray, when we ask God for things and ask God to save people or ask God to heal the sick or, or you know, um, cause there to be light come over America or whatever you're praying for and believing for, we can't really tangibly see it a lot. Sometimes we can. We see answers to prayer all the time, and that's amazing. But for the, for the most part, you know, prayer meetings are sometimes just kind of boring. I mean, sometimes they're radical, and I, I love them even when they are boring, and God, well, sometimes I love them. Um, God really loves them, you know, but God calls us to be faithful in prayer because he knows our like I said, like our propensity just to give up or to not think it's really important because he has designed prayer as a tool for us to grow in intimacy with him. He's designed prayer as a, as a way for us to, to have a greater relationship and connection with Jesus and to know him more. And so I love that. Like God is a relational God. He's not just up in heaven as a distant stoic master, not caring about people but he wants to be involved in our lives. And sometimes when we can't feel him physically, we sometimes forget that he is so passionate about us and so full of love for us. And so let's be faithful in prayer. Matthew 25. I'm going to turn there. All right, Matthew 25, verses 14 to 30. Now, we'll just, I'll go ahead and just read this, because this is good. I'm going to camp here for a minute. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who caused call to his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one, and to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went out on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug it in the ground and hid the Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents, and look, I have gained two more talents and beside, besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had, who had received one talent came to him and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you had not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and I gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming, I would have received back my own in with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to one who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he who has abundance, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast that unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yikes. Okay. 
I love this parable though. It's got so much truth in, in, uh, in there. And so here this master is, he puts his servants in charge of his goods and he goes away on a trip. And you know, upon his return, he assesses their stewardship and, um, and evaluates pretty much just how faithful they've been in making wise investments. And like a talent, they talk about talents here. And a talent, I believe, uh, you know, this, this section talks about money, but I believe it can be money. It can be like physical talents, like, or opportunities that God gives you or abilities. It could be your time. So whatever it is that God has given to us, like I just said, money, time, talents, opportunities, like we are called to be good stewards of that. And, uh, and so when we are good stewards, like the Lord says to us, good, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. And, and he will give you, basically he gives those guys more. And, uh, in any way, um, what I want to highlight too, is just a servant who went and hid his talent. You know, he let fear control his decisions and fear caused him to hide what God had given him. The unfaithful servant played it safe. God looked at him as hiding his talent as unfaithfulness and God really does equate um, you know faithfulness as being a good steward and, and taking care of what God has given you and been in, in tr- entrusted to you so I know like when I read that I'm like I don't want to just play it safe in my life like I don't want to just let fear slow me down or cause me not to do what I feel like he's called me to do and um you know, there might be things in your own lives that just kind of pop into your mind of things that God's called you to do. And just keep, just ask the Lord for, for boldness or grace just to do those things and not to respond in fear with whatever you feel like he's given you, whether it's a talent or time or money. But we want to be faithful with those things and we be faithful with what God has given us. And I feel like some of the, some of the things in my life, like I've seen the most fruit from my life are the decisions that I've made that have been the most scary or been like the most, like I had to step out in faith, step out of, step out in faith. Um, you know, even, even my decision to change careers from occupational therapy to nursing. I mean, that's like a scary thing. I'm like, well, I have to go to school longer or whatever, but I feel like that's what was, was just such a, a, you know, like the Lord decision. Even, um, even when I met with like the head of the pastoral care department and I remember I wanted to start volunteering at OSF where I could go in and pray for people. And that was, that was kind of, a, that was kind of scary for me, just like being, giving the vision of what I wanted to do and presenting it to the head over pastoral care and uh, talking through it. And then, it, and then that, um, and then I had to, you know, take classes and it, it took like six months before I could actually get the status, but it was so worth it. You know, sometimes things in life, you can't just snap your fingers and things will just happen automatically. Sometimes it happens, but sometimes it really takes you just, just, you know, really pursuing that. I had to pursue that relationship with that pastoral care person and talk to him. I had to, you know, really take those classes and wait for the process before I, I was able to, you know, be a volunteer. And that has really proved like just so much fruit in my life and, and so just think of the things that, you know, in your heart, like what are things that maybe have, um, you have that, you know, you, that there's this fear inside and let's just take it to the Lord and say, Lord, like I want to be a good steward of this opportunity or whatever that is that, that, you know, you feel like God's putting on, put on your heart. So, uh, faithfulness in the seemingly unimportant opens the door for God's riches and richest and abundant blessings in your life. You know, if the Lord sees how faithful, how we are faithful with little, he will 
entrust us with much, which is awesome. Like who, else, who here doesn't want more, more of like whatever God wants to give us. So let's, the, the key is we gotta be faithful with little. And uh, I have, um, I wrote this down too. The pathway into great dreams God has put on your heart is through serving and being faithful and small. So I know that there's certain things that God has put on each of our hearts. There's great dreams that he's put inside of us. And really the pathway through that in the, is just being faithful and serving in the small things. Luke 16, 10 and 11 says, he who is faithful in what is least is also faithful in much, and he who is unjust in what is least is also unjust in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? I love that because you know, this is just talking about being faithful and little, being faithful in, in the least, and how when we are, God will commit much to our care. And then it talks about being faithful and unrighteous mammon, mammon, meaning like God specifically calls out being faithful in money. And when we are, he will commit to our trust true riches. Like what are those true riches? I just think of, I think of things that money can't buy, true riches are. They're things like, more of Jesus, more fruit of the Spirit, gifts of the Spirit, more eternal rewards, just things that, that money necessarily can't buy. And I'm like stirred up, you know, when I read that, like, Lord, I really want to be faithful in money, giving, whether, or just being sensitive to where you'd have me put my money or what you'd have me buy, or, you know, just being faithful with, I mean, it's just such a small thing, you know. And, uh, but God wants every part of our lives, He wants us to be faithful in every part, in every season. Mother Teresa says, be faithful in small things because in them, that is where your strength lies. Be faithful in small things because it is in them that is where your strength lies. Okay, I'm gonna wrap this up, guys. I'm just gonna give you kind of some questions to kind of like think about and ponder throughout the week. And um, so what are a few things that God has called you to be faithful in? You know, there might be two or two or five or so that pop in your brain. Just um, what are the, the few things, the little things the, that God has called you to be faithful in? And I know for every believer, I know there's number one. Number one is being faithful in your time with Jesus and your relationship with him. And so I know that's a given. If we're Christians, we're called, like our top one priority is to be faithful to Jesus. And so, but there's other things. God has called and gifted each of us with such unique things in our lives, different passions and talents and resources um, and opportunities. And like, he's called each of you guys to make an impact and he wants us to be faithful with those things. And you know, sometimes it's hard because I know I'm, I'm called to be faithful as a mother and it's, it's kind of messy. It's really messy at times, you know? It's just like, I thought this was gonna be more glamorous, but if I'm just faithful in changing the diapers and cleaning my house and making meals, you know, like, and just, you know, being faithful is, isn't just doing the task, but it's like, how's my heart during that process? Like, how is, how is my heart when I change a poopy diaper? Like, am I, I mean, not that I'm like praising God every second of the day, but, um, you know, like, am I like kind of grumbling in my heart when my husband asked me to do something or when, you know, I do something that I don't want to do, you know, like I want to be faithful in the things God has called me to, but I also want to be faithful in my responses to him, how I position my heart and, uh, you know, I don't want to complain and grumble. Like, I really want to be faithful in, in just my heart response to the Lord, too. So let's think about that. And then, um, are you letting fear keep you from doing what you feel God has called you to? 
just like the unfaithful servant who let fear, he decided he was going to hide the money underground, or I think it said bury it. Is that what it said? Yeah, he went and he put it, hit it in the ground. I mean, what's what's good with money under the ground? So are we letting are we letting fear, you know, run our lives and that we'll bury it under the ground? And let's let's not let's ask Jesus to help us to be not full of, fa- of fear, but full of faith, full of love, that love that casts out all fear. And la- last but not least, like let's let's just really seek to hear the words from Jesus. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in these few things. I will entrust you with much. Enter in to the joy of the Lord. I know, like when I read those verses about well done, good and faithful servant, like I, my heart like leaps. Like I'm like God, I want that over my life. Like I want to hear that because I feel like I fail a lot. You know, we all fail. And I really want to hear, like, you've been faithful with the little things, like, enter into the joy of the Lord. And I know that that's your heart cry too, guys. Like, we want to be faithful in this life. And it's just, it's so fleeting. Like, this is, this life that we're living is so temporary. And uh, we're here today, gone tomorrow. We're like a, we're just like a, a wave of the sea. And we're not that, um, and we're like a, a vapor of the air, you know, we're just, we're just here today, gone tomorrow. And so it's like how we choose to live our life now will affect eternity. And so let's, you know, let's, like I said, like, let's just go hard after the Lord, stay faithful, stay the course. And if you don't know Jesus, let's get on, on board and really ask him to be that Lord of our lives and to really, um, you know, be the boss of our lives. It's sometimes so easy just to be the boss of our own lives, but like just getting down off that throne and saying, Jesus, I want you to be in control of my life. Like I choose to follow after you and, um, and I, I know I'm not gonna be perfect, but I choose just to follow you wherever you go. Like that is, that's, a, that's the best decision that we could ever make here in this life is just choosing to follow Jesus with all of our heart and to be faithful to following him and taking others along, along with us. Like let's grab as many people as we can and let, like, let's go towards the Lord together and follow after him, you know? And you know, who cares what that person thinks of you talking to them about Jesus. They might think that you're crazy or you're or a religious freak or whatever, but like we just love people and we love God and we want um, we want more of him in our lives and we want more people to come to know him because we just love him. So that is my message, guys. Let's be faithful. Let's stay the course. And I thought we could just pray and all we can turn off the Facebook Live here and maybe we can just pray for each other too. In closing, maybe if you guys have questions too, I can um, answer questions, but... I'm going to go ahead and pray. Jesus, we just come before you, God, and I just thank you so much. I thank you for your faithfulness in our lives. God, that when we are faithless, you remain faithful. I thank you that when you come back, your name is is going to be faithful and true. You are so good. Even when we face hard times and discouraging things happen. God, you are with us. And we just ask that we would ha- be faithful to the very end. We would be faithful until death, oh God, that we'd receive that crown of life. God, we pray that we would not be like the unprofitable servant who hid his talent in the ground, but that we would be those that are faithful with the things that you've given us and that you would multiply the things you've given us, God. We want to be faithful in the little things. We want to be faithful in prayer. We want to be faithful with our heart responses and how we choose to love people and serve them, God. We know, you know we're not perfect and we just pray for that grace. We pray we would be like 
Caleb who, who uh, believed the promises of God decade after decade, that we would be like Anna who was at the temple and he, she served you for years and years and, uh, and she just was so faithful to just being with you in, in her prayer life. And we just ask for that grace to continue just to be faithful in the long haul. And uh, we just pray that you would make yourself more real to us God, that you would show us how real you really are and that Jesus, you came and you died on the cross for our sins. We can never thank you enough for that, oh God. That you came, you took the place, we, you took our place, God. We should have been on that cross. We should have carried our own sins, but you chose to carry our sins and to die on that cross so that you can make a way for us to be with you forever in eternity. We just thank you so much. I pray we'd never lose that gratefulness in our heart for what you've done for us, oh God. How you are a God so forgiving and so merciful that you forgive us. And you say, and you are the God that, that causes us and to love you. And you're the God that gives us eternal life. And we just pray that you would um, just show us more and more your love and who you are, that you really are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Would you be the Lord of our lives? Would you be the one that we follow until death? In Jesus' name, we love you. Thank you for tonight. Amen. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org donate. That's gphop.org donate. Thank you, and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.